You're listening to episode number 16 of the Boys Built Better podcast. Today, we're talking about the benefits of boys in theater. Welcome to the Boys Built Better podcast. I'm Jessica, a mom of three boys who is just trying to do things better. I'm coming to you from Fort Collins, Colorado, where I live with my husband, our boys, and a whole lot of four-legged friends. I'm here to share my thoughts on raising boys in today's world, find answers to your parenting questions, and chat with experts about building happy, healthy boys. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I am talking with Jason Peck today, who I know from acting school in college. He's a fabulous actor who is still working today and also teaching and really a great resource for just thinking about what it might be like to get your boys into theater. And he is my first guest on a new type of show that I'm calling Boys Beyond the Ball, where we are just exploring activities for boys outside of the traditional sporting activities, like outside of soccer, basketball, football, baseball. Um, I'm not saying those don't have value. I know that those have plenty of value, but I just kind of want to explore the idea of things that our kids can be doing outside of those and the benefits of those things. So that is what we're talking about today, the benefits of being involved in theater, specifically for boys. And I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. So let's cut on over. Hey, Jason, how are you? I'm doing good, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you. I'm excited about today. Yeah, it's been forever. It's been it's been too long. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited to catch up with what you're doing and then I, I'm really excited about what you have to say about boys in theater, which is what we're talking about today. But before we get there, I'd like to start with an icebreaker just to kinda get us going. Um we are talking about theater today, but in your other half of your life, you're a parent as well. Mm-hmm. Correct. I have, I have a boy. I, I have a son and a girl, yes. I would love to know a little parenting tidbit or something that's happening in your parenting life right now. So just kind of anything that you might think of to kind of kick us off. Um, well, right now uh, I'm dealing with a situation. Uh, it's not so much with my son right now. It's my girl. It's just a lot. It, she's, She's eight, and she's getting into a lot of girl drama right now um, with um, people talking behind each other's back and uh, having to navigate that with her of, of knowing when not to over-dramatize certain situations. She tends to be like her parents and tends to be fairly dramatic about certain things and can tend to be a bit reactionary at times. So um, helping her navigate through that, when they, learning and teaching her to um, when to kind of back off from conversations and not necessarily um, be so reactionary has been a bit of a challenge. So we're dealing with that right now uh, with my with my daughter. All right, that seems like the age that yes. that drama <laughs> age. Although my I have a couple older kids in that too. I've got a ten and twelve year old, and I do for sure feel like that is then and up. The drama sort of can continue. It kind of ebbs and flows. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone said it's just getting started, so we're, oh. <laughs> we're getting ready to buckle in. <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers having all boys. Um, we were always told, well, you'll deal with all this physical stuff, but you won't deal with yeah. the drama down the road. Now, I have yet to find that to be true. We've dealt with our plenty of drama, <laughs> but fingers crossed. Uh-huh. 
so for listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I am a husband of 17 years. I have a father of two kids. My kids' names are Aaliyah, and she's eight, and Holden, who is six. I currently serve as director of theater arts at a school called St. Luke's, which is in New Canaan, Connecticut, and it's a 5th through 12th secular independent college prep school. And there I teach two classes in my upper school called Intro to Acting, which is primarily an acting class for beginning actors, and an honors advanced acting class called the St. Luke's Theater Company, which produces two shows a year. And in the middle school, I teach an eighth grade theater class and a fifth grade drama exploratory, which meets about once every two weeks. And beyond my classes, I direct um, three after school shows a year, a fall play and a spring play and a winter musical, which actually we're rehearsing right now. And typically we have a separate show for the middle and upper schools, but this is the first year we're doing an all-school musical for all of our fifth graders to 12th graders. We're doing School of Rock, which is a lot of fun. And in the past three years, two, two, the, last, the last three years, two of the uh, fall plays we've done have, been, have won something called the, the Halo Award, which is sort of like a Tony Award for high school theater in Connecticut. And uh, two of the last three years, we've, been, um, uh, we've won Best Play in the State which is pretty exciting. In addition to all of that, if I didn't already have a full plate, I serve as co-artistic director of a theater company called Thronestone, which is a professional actors equity theater company based in Richfield, Connecticut. And we dedicate, we're dedicated to new work and uh, reimagined repertoire. So busy, 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 very, very full plate. And on top of that, um, you know, father to two beautiful young kids. And also highly quali- qualified to talk with me today about boys in theater. <laughs> Uh, so with all of that, you know, um, you are currently working in a lot of aspects in theater and you and I met, um, studying in an acting program in college, which is how, um, you came to be talking with me today is because we know each other in that sort of past life many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about just boys and their after-school activities and what people may know about and we, what people may not know about. And I just think it'd be great to learn a little bit more about your history as well as maybe a little bit about um, what's happening with some of your students today and just the benefits or what being involved in theater looks like. So um, with that, I would love for you to think about or talk about what compelled you to get started years and years and years ago and, and um, what that first experience in theater was like and when that was? Yeah, so um, I went to a private elementary school that was very big on sports. Um, and we had, for the past, like, you know, when I was in elementary school, it was like 10 years in a row, we won the flag football championships. And... Um, I wanted to be part of the team and I just, honestly, I just wasn't very good at sports. Um, you know, they, 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 you know, they have the positions left tackle and left guard. Well, I jokingly said that I played left out, but basically <laughs> I, I basically didn't play. I mean, I was, I sat on the sidelines and when I was in fourth grade, we had a new teacher on campus who was really in to theater and she, um, she fancied herself an aspiring actress herself. And she decided to mount a Halloween play and, I was always a very shy kid. I was very introverted, very, uh, I kind of kept to myself. 
Um, and, but when, for some reason, when she handed out the scripts, my eyes lit up and, um, I had this, I don't know what it was. I had this kind of innate ability to kind of personalize somebody else's words and make it seem like it was actually natural coming out of my mouth. And I got the lead in my fourth grade play. I don't even remember the name of it, but <laughs> the lead in my fourth grade play. And my parents at that point were just so overjoyed that I actually found something that I could like take ownership of and stock in and something that I was really excited about that they enrolled me at a place called Young Actor Space, which is a um, acting studio for young kids in, in Los Angeles. And um, it was really there that they showed me the love of craft and a sense of play. But being in L.A., I was in a class with a lot of kids who were actually pursuing it professionally. I was there with, you know, I don't know if people know these names, but uh, Kelly Martin, Chad Allen, Ahmed Dappa, uh, Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. And so I was thrust into a situation where I was around all these kids that um, took it seriously. And I was actually one of the few kids in the class that didn't actually have an agent and I wasn't going out on calls, um, which my parents made it very clear that they were going to send me to acting school, but they weren't going to let me around to auditions. But all the same, I fell in love with acting and creating. And it was really one of the few places, I think, in all of my life where I allowed myself to be present because I'm one of those people that are always like, even when I was a kid, two steps ahead, I was wondering what happens next. And it's one of those few places where I actually allowed myself to be present and alive in the moment that I was in. So I think from a very young age, I recognized that about myself um, and it felt like home. Um, And that's kind of how I got started. And so can you talk a little bit more about what that looked like, like your schedule, your commitment through kind of middle school and high school? You said you started in fourth yeah. grade, but then started in with this acting school. So what did that tell us more information about what that looks like? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. So I, I, the acting class, um, met, uh, three hours, um, a night on Mondays and Wednesdays. And it was designed to be half of the class was improvisation which is a lot of theater games and, um, you know, taking a, a, a scene or a word and basically improvising based upon that one word or that scene. And the other half of the class was scene work. So I'd be dedicating myself to three hours, Mondays and Wednesdays. And on top of that, they encouraged us and they encouraged our parents to set up us to, for us to meet with our scene partners um, on the side. So I was doing that all through elementary school until like, until like, I think, probably ninth grade I was doing that. Um, and despite it being a vocation and a passion, I actually hadn't done a play at that point. Like all my friends, like they were, who were into acting were doing plays and doing kind of like summer workshops and summer theater experiences. I was actually studying the craft of acting and I was taking an acting class. Um, and it wasn't until probably, I think probably ninth or 10th grade where I auditioned for, my first play. So middle school, I was taking lessons, but when high school rolled around and I decided to take an audition for the play and I received a really huge awakening when I was cast in one of the ensemble play parts in anti Mame, mm-hmm. And I dropped out because I thought I deserved a better part. So um, after that episode, I assumed there was no way I was going to get a role in any other show, but I sat down with a theater teacher, uh, Mr. Bill Crest, who to this day is probably one of the biggest sources of inspiration in my life and probably my biggest mentor. And he had a long conversation with me about what it truly means to love the theater and yourself and not yourself in the theater. Um, so I auditioned for that role and uh, was cast as Friedrich von Trapp in The Sound of Music. And I was hooked. And from then on, I basically committed myself 
completely the theater. And at that point, when I was doing when I was in high school, um, it was essentially Monday through Friday, uh, from three to six o'clock in the afternoon. I would be working on on shows, and we would actually rehearse in the lunchtime lunchtime as well. Um, so it was uh, it was my passion. So it was something that I was really willing to give up everything and anything to do. Um, and I was cast as Harold's on the music man and leading comedy of errors. And, and, uh, probably the biggest growing experience I had in high school when I was acting was I was my senior year, I was cast as Perchick in Fiddler, which is one of those small supporting roles. But Artevia came down with an illness two days before we opened. And I was asked in to step in and play the leading role of Tevia. And I remember running off stage, grabbing my script when I, was off stage and I didn't have, I had a moment and I had to like learn like the lines, like literally right before I ran on to do the scene and I would run on, do the scene and run off and grab the script again. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience. Um, but it was, um, you know, I, I, I was, I was very lucky that I had parents willing to actually, you know, drive me around to acting lessons in, in, in middle school. Um, but, uh, I knew from, I knew from very, very early on that, um, this thing that I was doing while I, ne- I wasn't necessarily pursuing it professionally, like these people that I was taking these, these acting classes with, it made me feel whole and it made me feel complete and it made me feel alive. Um, so my parents recognized that and um, were willing to support that. So I felt very lucky in that regard. Well, and I think all of those words you just used were so great that it made me feel whole and alive. And I wanted to, my next question for you is sort of how do you think, having found this or dedicating that time kind of helped or hindered you through sort of some tough years, right? Growing up middle school, high school. Yeah. So, so in what yeah. way did the, having this help you or not? Yeah. Well, it gave me a sense of, it, well, it did. It gave me a sense of purpose and identity and it was a place where I could really hang my hat and I could lose myself and escape. When I, from sixth grade to ninth grade, I went to a different school each year. 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th grade. It was a completely different school each year. And in that time period, I had lost my grandmother, who I was very, very close with. My parents uh, got a divorce. And um, when I started high school, it was this huge sense of, like, just upheaval. I just, I'm starting my fourth, my fourth school in, like, you know, in, in four years. I feel my, there's upheaval in my life. And it really became, to, I, it, it felt like my home. It was, it, was, it was my home away from home. And it really helped me process a lot of the feelings that I, that was going on with me at the time, things that I really probably couldn't articulate that I was keeping bottled in inside because I was the oldest sibling of, of my, my brother and sister. And I felt somehow in my young 13 year old, 14 year old mind responsible to kind of keep it together. And, um, it was a place where I felt like I could process my feelings. And, um, it was a place that felt like home. I mean, I think probably if there, if there was probably one drawback, it's the fact that, you know, usually when you dedicate yourself something so completely like like theater, there's a certain insularity um, in a theater program. And I didn't typically hang out or get to know kids outside of the theater. Um, but I think more than anything, the biggest thing that it helped me with is developing a sense of empathy and this sense of being able and a curiosity of putting myself in somebody else's shoes. Um, and that's something that, um, I'm still curious about today. Um, uh, this, the sense of like, what, how does, how, how are my actions making somebody else feel? 
I really want to dive into that a little bit. But before we get to kind of the like a skill like that, like that you think theater really helped develop in you, like empathy, can you just talk about, I think that there's probably plenty of people listening that don't understand sort of how much work or the components or all the different working pieces of something like a theatrical production or, and, um, and I would love to you just to kind of describe what that looks like. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's a ton of work. I mean, it, it starts with, here's the thing though. There's a ton of work, but if you do your job, right, all the themes, all the strings and all the work you put in doesn't show to an audience member, but for the actors, it really begins with getting in the audition packet, learning the material showing up to audition, which for our musicals are a four-day process of dance, choreography, music, acting, and then callbacks. And then we start rehearsing, and we're rehearsing five days a week, two to three hours each day after school and sometimes on the weekends. And they're doing this all while balancing their coursework and their schoolwork. And then once we stage all of our scenes, they are required to be off book, which basically means they have to perform the script without script in hand. You have to be completely memorized. So on top of learning all your lines, your, the music, choreography, you have to learn all of your lines by a certain kind of fixed date. And then two weeks before the show opens, we then begin to rehearse three to four hours. So we actually start doing something called run-throughs, where basically we're running the show from top to bottom. And then once the show is done, there's a note session. And then time permitting, we actually begin to work scenes. So, um, uh, and then during tech week is where we bring in all the technical elements. We, where we start to rehearse five hours a day in, on Saturdays and Sundays. And then the week of the show, we're rehearsing four to five hours after school in costume with lights and with sound, um, microphones. And then for our technicians and designers, they're building sets, they're focusing lights, they're programming lighting, the light board and the sound board for our, and our incredible stage managers. They're, they're notating all of the blocking and handling all the spreadsheets and the prop list and the costume list and handling, handling all the admin for the show. I mean, it truly takes a village to like run a show. And, it, and I feel very fortunate that I'm in a theater to program that basically recognizes that it's not just about the actors. It's about the backstage kids, too, um, and it's about those designers also. Um, and one of the things I'm pretty proud of about our program is that all of our sets are built by hand. Um, we don't rent our sets. We don't, we don't borrow sets from other people. Everything is built, made by hand by our kids. So for some kids that don't really necessarily have a woodworking background or a background in how to like, construct sets, it's a learning process. It's a learning curve of how to lo- learn how to use tools. Um, what does this tool do? What's the best, what's the best technique? So we're doing and we're practicing and we're also learning at the same time. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a long grueling process, but it's a pretty special process because we're all working together for one, one goal. And I love that you mentioned the backstage component too, because I think kind of the focus of a lot of the discussion has been on acting, but there's a whole world of, of work that goes in behind the scenes for, for young kids who are interested in, in creating, but maybe don't want to be on stage. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one of the things that, and I I think I hopefully we'll be able to talk about this. One of the things that I love so much about, about acting and designing and just creating in general, whether you're a visual artist or performing artist, is that there's no quantitative right way or wrong way to do something. Uh, there is only your way, 
And as long as you follow your own impulses, your own intuition, you're going to be right. And um, in a school environment, that can be hard for sometimes for kids to kind of wrap their heads around because usually they're taught that they're, you know, there's the, that's the right answer to that math problem. But I feel like it's uh, a place, the theater is a place that celebrates curiosity and, curi- and celebrates trial and error. And I feel like um, uh, the kids feel pretty liberated um, once they get through this idea that there's no right way or wrong way. And it's not about pleasing Mr. Peck. It's not about, you know, pleasing the audience. It's about, you know, giving into your own personal um, intuition. And we've had, I've had a lot of students that, you know, have gone on to study costume design in school and lighting design at school. And even kids that necessarily don't even necessarily go on lighting design, but actually learn and develop the skills of, of, of physics and engin- and mechanical engineering just by actually doing lighting design on our shows. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an important element, backstage crew. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's a great way. I mean, you're talking about kind of building some great skill sets that then may, you know, lead you to some sort of career theatrically based or not, that there's just some great skills involved. So let's kind of chat about those. You had mentioned empathy, so feel free to talk about that more. But, you know, what what skills do you feel like you developed? What skills do you see your students develop? What skills do do people in theater innately develop? Yeah. So I, I feel like there's like the very obvious one that if you're an actor, public speaking skills, skills like articulation, understanding operative words, volume, pitch, tone, all of those things kind of just inherently come with, you know, when you're working, when you're doing this spoken word. But this sense of empathy, this idea of actually taking, taking, putting yourself in somebody um, else's shoes um, is something that I think is really, really valuable. I mean, I think sometimes, especially if you look at, you know, in terms of, you know, the bullying that happens on social media, I think sometimes that stuff kind of happens because people have a limited ability to actually put themselves in somebody else's shoes and ask themselves, if this was me on the other end of this, how would I feel? Um, and that's what we're doing every single day when we're acting. We're asking ourselves, if I was in this given circumstance, um, if this was me in this given circumstance, how would I behave? How would I feel? How would I act? And um, I think that is something pretty special. I think it's something unique to uh, to theater. Um, and if you have a wonderful sense of imagination, um, you know, it could bring you to some pretty magnificent places in your performances, I think. Um, uh, the other thing I would say in terms of developing is, um, uh, for my, my students is developing this idea and searching for the truth of the line or a moment, um, the ability to simply let go and simply be present in the moment that you're in. I mean, that's something that, you know, I still struggle with today, but I feel like so many of my kids and when I'm working with them, they're always either, you know, wondering about worrying about the test they just got back in the period before or they're worried about the vocab exam they have in their Spanish class next period. So this ability to actually kind of shut that out and be present in the moment you're in, um, I think is such an incredible skill that will serve you not only for theater, but just in any, any boardroom you're in, any situation. If you can just be present with the person you're with or the situation you're in, just think about how incredibly successful you would be. So uh, I would say more than any other skill besides empathy, it's this ability to actually learn how to be present 
in the moment um, that you're in. I just directed a production of um, Sarah the Laps the Wolves with my advanced acting class. And um, I told them my mantra during the entire process would be, you're not present, I don't believe you. And if they played a moment that wasn't honest or felt like they were checked out, um, or if I felt like they were worried about how they just set a line, we would stop. And they started to develop this really acute sensitivity to when they were not present and when they were actually faking and faking their way through it. And um, it was probably some of the most special work that I think I've, I've done with my, um, uh, my students um, because they developed this acute awareness of, of being present and sensitivity to the truth. Uh, beyond that in skill, the sense of collaboration, the sense of, you know, everybody having a role, everyone's a spoke on the wheel, but recognizing that we're all there for a common good and common goal. So the sense of actually recognizing when you have to pick up somebody's slack, the sense when you basically have to reach out to find and help somebody when they might be struggling along the way. Um, that's something I think very, very unique to to theater. Um, you know, everybody is working towards the common goal to put the show up and make the show as best as it can be. Um, and, uh, you know, the sense of collaboration with many kids in my school, it's kind of so special. I think we're probably going to talk about this, but one of the things that it's so special in my school is that, um, every student is required to work, do an activity after school. It could be debate. It could be a sport. It could be a drama. Um, so we oftentimes in my program get kids that, you know, they might do theater one fall season, but then they'll do a sport in the winter. Um, or they might do a you know, sport in the fall and they'll, they'll do a, a show in the wintertime. So we're getting kids in my program that are from all sorts of different walks of life in terms of background skill sets. And when you're forced to collaborate with that, forced to collaborate with different skill sets, I think it only can make you a better person um, and a better artist or better individual. Um, and I guess the last thing that I would say that really sense it, it, it develops is a sense of communication, understanding when um, if something is bothering you. Because you know, in the rehearsal room, you know, the, you, usually it's a boilerplate of emotions and intensities. So when, uh, if something is bothering you and someone says something that kind of rubs you wrong, I really forced all of my actors, all of my designers, all everybody to address it when it happens. So the sense of communication and owning and naming something when it bothers you or owning or naming something when someone has aggrieved you in some way, um, is something that I think, um, it's a skill that is unique to theater only because you're forced, <laughs> you're forced yeah. to deal with it as it happens, you know? Yeah, I, those are great. I think those are. Uh, I was talking with a friend today who's who um, I work with here in town in theater, and and one of the things that we are kind of talking about is how I mean you work on all of these skills, but they they affect you your whole life, and you don't even realize. I mean, I think it's nice to chat about them because I know for me personally, having grown up in theater has provided me with a lot of like I can walk into an interview and feel confident in my ability to know what I'm being asked, know why I'm being asked to be able to understand a lot about just kind of human nature that you don't really even realize until <laughs> years down the road, how much it's helped you. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so you, you've talked about a lot about the program that you're running and the, and it sounds like a really unique, um, 
place that you're lucky to get to work. Uh, I would love for you to talk a little bit about kind of the program that you're running or having worked and you've taught, you've taught prior to this school. So I would love to talk, to talk a little bit about kind of how your experiences growing up um, in theater compared to, to kids experiences now, and if they're the same or any differences. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing I think for me is just more opportunity. Um, when I was in high school, we did a fall play and a spring musical and that was it. And, um, as much as I love my theater teacher, we pretty much spent most of our theater classes doing improvisation games. And those were a lot of fun, but it wasn't really craft based and it really wasn't, uh, didn't, it had limited opportunities. Uh, the fall play and spring musical we're doing right now in my program. If you include the two shows that we're doing with the um, advanced acting class, we do uh, uh, eight shows a year, three in the middle school, three in the upper school, and then two in the advanced acting class. So there's just a ton of opportunities to work on material. Um, one of the things that uh, I kind of I think sets us apart is um, we don't cut from our musical or our spring shows. So if anybody wants to participate, they will find a role for them in some way. But the probably the biggest thing, I think more than anything is, you know, um, when I was, when I went to high school and we were, we were doing a lot of shows that really were kind of the great classics, you know, the classics of the fifties and sixties, those great, you know, great American musicals. And those, and that stuff is great, but more than what really kind of, you know, lights my fire is really finding material that the kids can relate to the given circumstances uh, so the t- work I tend to do is a bit more contemporary, I think, um, to a little, little more contemporary material. But it's really about finding characters and roles that they could themselves play were they to be out in the real world now as high schoolers. So I tend to gravitate towards more material where the characters are younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that, I pro- that probably sets apart my program compared to a lot of um, other programs. Um, and in my program, as I was mentioning before, because we have, you know, someone who might play football in the fall, you know, when fall they're playing football and in in the wintertime, they're playing the lead and into the woods, a musical, um, what it allows us to do is we basically have a lot of schools basically say that you have, you're you're majoring in theater in high school, like you're a theater kid. Mm -hmm. That's what you are. You're a theater kid. In my program, there are, as part of it because the school is so small, is we have kids that do sports one season and then all of a sudden we'll do, do the musical. So we have ki- a lot of buy-in from the school because sometimes those kids who are the quote-unquote you know, big jock athletes, if they're doing the musical, there tends to be a lot of buy-in. So um, it tends to get, we tend to get pretty decent, um, pretty get decent size in terms of uh, participation from kids that might not otherwise do drama uh, because they think it's maybe not associated with some sense of jocularity or anything, but because we actually have kids that are doing, you know, the fall, the fall football season, and then all of a sudden doing the, this, the, 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 the winter musical, I feel like we have a lot of buying. I think it's a really rare thing that in my school, that there are kids from all different sorts of walks of life uh, doing the program. Yeah. And that, that might not be typical of like the typical American high school experience right now. Correct. 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 So let's kind of 
kind of transition a little bit more to that, because I'd like to talk a, a specifically about, since you're in the classroom, kind of what you're seeing with boys, because this is what this yeah. show is about, because <laughs> uh, I'm raising yeah. boys and I need all the help I can get. Um, so I would love to know, given that you're in the classroom in middle school and high school environments, kind of your perspective on some challenges that boys face today. Well, I still think this this was true when I was in high school, and I think this is still true today. I think there's still a pressure a, a pressure to be jocular, to be masculine, and I still think you know that there's a, a pressure, especially for these boys, to outcool each other. Um, and while I think bullying has certainly come down the last few years, although I have noticed an uptick in the last couple of years, uh, but the the pressure and stigma that theater is for girls still somewhat exists. Mm -hmm. I find that I will oftentimes try to do a lot of recruiting to get uh, more uh, boys that might necessarily not, uh, boys that are involved with sports involved just so there's a little bit more buy-in. But more than anything, I think the thing that I'm, uh, that, that I'm noticing is that, that, that there, that when there is, I teach an an intro acting class right now, and it just turned out by the way that the actual registration was, it was a class of all boys. Mm -hmm. It's an all-boy acting class. And um, that was last semester. And this semester, we actually added one person to the roles, and she happened to be a girl. And it was really interesting watching how the energy in the room has changed. Um, It's changed because um, where they were a little bit more free and open to be kind of goofy, now they're a little bit more reserved and a little bit more kind of um, a little bit, a little bit more hesitant to participate because they're worried about how they're being perceived by someone of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that, I think that's the thing that, that just, it still sticks with boys, no matter, you know, what time period we're in this idea of really needing to be masculine and cool and jocular. Um, and that's the thing that I'm probably noticing the most. And what about, I've done a lot of talks on boys and it seems like a lot of my um, shows or several shows talk about sort of like the mental well-being of boys and and it ties into what you're saying, that this kind of expectation of being jocular, of putting up this front, right? So, So can you talk about how that may relate to boys in theater at all? Like the, that the need to shed that, or is it hard to work with boys? You know, just a little bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's hard to work with boys, but I would say that, um, I would say that they're caught up sometimes in their own worldview and it's difficult to kind of shake that tree a little bit. I mean, I do an exercise that's inspired by um, uh, a theater group called Roy Hart and, and they're a theater group that exi- that um, was formed in the late sixties that their whole basic premise is that when we're born, uh, we basically have um, feminine tendencies and we have masculine tendencies. And it's only as we get older and as society basically kind of says, boys behave this way, girls behave this way, that we start developing a sense of our masculinity. It's defined by what society wants as opposed to who we are really as people. So using a lot of exercises with archetypes and using exercises that basically kind of challenge that stereotype, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of been able to shake loose that a little bit. Um, but I feel like, I feel like that's something that I'm, that we're, that I have to combat constantly. This idea that it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes for boys to bind the idea that, you know, that there is a, it's okay to show a sensitive side. 
Um, but one of the things I've noticed is that when you have that one or two really special, that special student that basically gives permission for the whole group to take a risk and the whole group to basically be brave, it's, I feel like they're just screaming, waiting to be basically unleashed and let out the sensitivity that they're basically keeping bottled in because they feel like it might not be cool to show that side of themselves. So a lot of it depends upon group dynamic and really having that one or special boy that's basically going to say, hey, you know what, guys, it's cool to kind of step forward and like, you know, show this sensitive side to yourself. Um, but it is I, I would say that it's it's still a challenge. It's still a challenge trying to get that get that out of them. Any thoughts on how being involved in theater may may help with that for today's boys? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think one of the things that you know what we've been saying is that because theater forces us to take somebody else's put put yourself in somebody else's shoes in the given circumstances. I mean, like the, the fact is this that you know most drama deals with high conflict and high and usually in, in deals with high in, in, intense situations. So um, you know exercises that you know kind of force kids to kind of open up their own worldview and open up their limited, you know, their, their scope of like their own, their own worldview. I feel like I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of advancement in my classes where boys who, you know, maybe come in thinking that the class is really just about kind of goofing off and getting kind of your wiggles out. I've noticed in terms of, especially if I, if I point to this, this one class with my, um, my all boy class, that I had last semester. I mean, we were doing towards the end of the year, um, some very, very personal stuff. We were doing some personal stories about, um, a moment in our life where someone really surprised us, a moment in our life where something uh, shocked us and a moment in our life where something made us really, really sad. And, uh, we did something like that at the very beginning of the year, but I noticed through when we did it at the end of the semester, there was a lot more of a willingness to actually explore that and talk about that and um, open up. So I think it takes time. I think it takes, uh, it, 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 it depends upon the energy of the room that you're in. Um, and all it really takes, I think, is there's one or two boys in the room and the exercise that you're basically doing that gives them permission to kind of let that unleash a little bit. Awesome. Any any uh, tips or thoughts on parents who might be thinking of getting their kids in theater? I know you're in Connecticut, so not everybody can go check out your program. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would say, I, I, I mean, I, there are tons of really, really wonderful. Uh, I think any most most towns have you know you hook up with your local community theater and they have education programs where kids can do. Um, do a musical or do a play. I would say this, I would say, uh, don't, a lot of parents think that, you know, my kid can't do musicals. I wouldn't shut the door and say that just because they're not involved with a musical and they can't necessarily quote unquote sing or dance, that you should shut the door on, um, acting opportunities. I don't fancy myself a singer. I don't really fancy myself a dancer. Um, but you know, theater really was my place that I called home. So if you have a, you have a boy who is really, really has a sense of humor, who has imaginative, creative streak. I would say register them for a class, give them an opportunity to either do stand up, do have them have an opportunity to do an improv class. Tons of them out there. And there are a lot of summer programs, a lot of summer camps. We have uh, programs for basically 
the culminating event is a show where you're in camp for like four weeks and you, and you do, and you put together and you do a show at the end. I think that exists in pretty much any town you're in. You can find that. Myself, I have a theater company here in Connecticut called Thronestone, and we are dedicated to uh, new work and uh, reimagined repertoire. Um, and I am actually have, I have the opportunity to direct this summer, so I'm going to be actually directing um, a professional show uh, this summer with some professional actors, which I'm pretty excited about. Well, that's a great transition. Can you? Um, how can people find out more if they want to know more about Thronestone? <laughs> Yeah, so you can go to thronestone.org. Um, we actually, for the past two years, in 2017, 2018, we were just named uh, one of the top ten theater productions in the state, professional productions in the state of Connecticut. Um, so uh, we're about to embark on our third season. Uh, we do two shows in rotating repertory, which basically means you show up to one show on Friday night at 8 o'clock, you come back on Saturday, 8 o'clock, and there's a totally different show, completely different set, completely different actors right in the same space. Um, and we're doing two shows this year that actually deal with parenting, believe it or not. Uh, one of the shows is called uh, Cry It Out, which is about um, young mothers and them trying to balance uh, career and balance uh, their responsibilities to their family and how do they negotiate uh, career and responsibilities to their newborns. The other one is a play that I'm directing called Birds of North America, which is about a father and a daughter. It takes place over 10 falls, and it's about um, the shared experience of birding being the one thing that connects them to each other. He is an uh, environmentalist. She is a, uh, she is a blogger for a conservative Breitbart news outlet, mm. and it's really about how they're forced to be civil with one another and how do they actually negotiate civil? How, how do you stay civil with somebody when um, you are diametrically opposed politically but yet at the same time the social graces demand that you are polite with one another so negotiating those how do you how do you how do you combat um, social graces with uh, your own internal conflict you might have with people that you love namely your parents um, so both we're calling our season close to home because it deals with uh, domestic issues of parenting. Um, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. That sounds great. Uh, well, thank you so much, Jason. This was a lot of fabulous information. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much, Jessica. Thanks again to my guest, Jason Peck, for coming on and talking about boys in theater. I loved listening to today's episode, and maybe you'll go ahead and get your son involved in theater. You can find the show notes on www.boysbuiltbetter.com. And if you like what you heard today, subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thanks so much for listening.